Welcome to the Healerology Podcast. This is a show about healing, healers, and methods to dissolve emotional, physical, and spiritual challenges. I'm your host, Dominic, a student of life, a sharer of knowledge, and a guide to achieving inner peace. The goal of this show is to teach you how to become your own healer, discover and connect to the power inside of you, and live your best life. So, let's get to healing. Hi, everyone. This is Dominic again on the Healology Podcast. And today I'm with Mio Santana. And as I, of course, like to do, I want my guests really to introduce themselves. So, you know, Mio is a inner child. I see. I'm already messing up. She's she's a, a self love mindset coach, and she specializes in harmonizing the masculine and the feminine. So, Mio, I already got myself in trouble. So, I'm going to hand it over to you, and, and please polish up and and spiffy that introduction I made. No, absolutely. Yo, you were spot on. Um, my name is Mio Santana. Thank you so much, Dominic, for having me here today. I'm so excited to talk with you. Um, I'm a transformational trainer, certified, and also a, a self-love mindset coach is what I like to call myself. I focus on four areas, one of which is inner child healing. I also do feminine and masculine energies, uh, harmonizing them. I work on raising vibration, vibrational frequencies, and then I also focus on self-love. I think, and I believe, and I know from my own work that self-love is the foundation to everything, to self-actualization, to having harmony in your life, and to living your best life. Mm. Mio, I I think, you know, maybe a lot of people have heard about self-love at this point, and, um, you know, I know sometimes there can be these catchphrases out there, like, you know, love yourself, love everybody, uh, we're all one, we're all connected, um, and all that type of stuff. And you know, I, I really like to make things like super concrete for people. So, um, you know, let's say someone's intrigued, says, okay, I, I hear you about the self-love. I think of a pyramid or building, that, you know, self-love is some foundation. So I got to get that right. But then the question might be, says, okay, so like, like, how do I do that? Like what, what is self-love and, and how do I actually love myself? Cause I, I thought I was doing it and apparently I'm not. So like, you know, like t- t- tell me, tell me how to do it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's very common actually, you know, like you said, I'm so glad you brought that up because self-love has become this buzz term and it's like being thrown around a lot. And in reality, you know, how can you learn, how could you know how to love yourself if you've never done it before, if you don't even know where to begin? And that was the case in my own journey. You know, I, I, I loathed myself. I hated myself more than anyone could ever hate me or, or loathe me. Um, I spoke down to myself worse than anyone could ever speak down to me. Um, I was my own worst inner critic. I was my own worst friend. Um, you know, um, anything that that could happen to me on the external, I was actually doing to myself inside on the internal. So, um, you know, a lot of us practice self-care, thinking that we're practicing self-love. And self-care could look like, you know, spa treatment or a nice vacation or, you know, a nice dinner, um, getting a massage, you know, things like that. And and those things are good, don't get me wrong, but they're mostly on the surface, you know, and and the the pain and and the and the frustration and the isolation still remains inside. So learning how to love yourself is really, really being able to connect with your inner child. I do a lot of work between the ages of zero to seven with people in my coaching because I feel that 
your ages from zero to seven dictate everything that happens in the rest of your life. And so we really go back into what happened to you between your ages of zero to seven. Um, and we, we, we acknowledge those things, we address those things, heal them and transform them. And then that gives you the freedom and the opening to create new possibilities for yourself in your life. And so it really is going going into yourself as a human being holistically into all areas of your life. Self-love isn't doesn't happen in a vacuum and it isn't something that just happens via one avenue. Self-love is something that is unique to each person and each person gets to design it for themselves. So for me, self-love was really a lot on self-esteem and self-confidence. I had very low self-worth. And so my journey was primarily to work on my self-worth, on, on, on developing and strengthening, you know, um, integrity within myself, keeping my word to myself. You know, when no one's looking, keeping your word, <laughs> you know, you could be very integrous, integrous with everyone around you. But then when it comes to yourself, you'll, you'll go around the lines, you'll, you'll you know, uh, sell yourself out for lack of a better term. And so really keeping your word to yourself, really creating your, your boundaries for yourself, for people around you, healthy boundaries. Um, you know, knowing what it is that you want and also knowing what it is you don't want, you know, mm -hmm. um, that's as important too. Um, and really giving yourself the opportunity to, to put yourself first. You know, it's not about, well, let me, let me say it like this better. It's about, I love you, but I love me more. You know, it's yeah. not about I don't love you or I don't care about you or I don't love anybody else or anything else in this world. But I, I love me more, meaning I'm going to put love into myself because what happens is this. A lot of people think that that's a selfish way to think. But in reality, when you love yourself more, in turn, you become more for others. You become more for your community. You become more you, you are able to expand more and grow more in your community and help others grow. So reality it's helping everyone around you by turning and helping yourself and loving yourself first and Mia I, I really love what you said about putting yourself first um you know I work with clients I, I tell them like you know be selfish and I, I say in like whatever your definition of that like take that multiply it by like 10 maybe 20 and like be that um and, and I also tell people so when I say be selfish what what, what I'm not saying is be be a narcissist right um you know, take from other people right um and anything in in that space because i think you know when i've said that to people you know i've seen enough times where they're like oh well that would just be like i'm mean or like i'm i'm cruel and stuff and i'm like no i did i didn't say anything of that and you know selfish has i i imagine this like a uh, bad uh connotation in I must say, like I, that wasn't my orientation in the world because I'm just like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll put myself first, <laughs> and you know, you you really nailed it because like when you put yourself first, if if your mindset is you'd like to be generous to other people or you'd like to be caring or or, 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 or loving to other people, the only way you're gonna be there in the greatest capacity is like to put yourself first. And you know, absolutely, I I compare it to an example that I I love to give that really breaks it down really easily, which is imagine you have a cup of water, right? Imagine you are a cup of water and imagine your cup of water is half full, right? And you're trying, let's say I'm trying to give you Dominic from my cup of water. I'm trying to give you half of my cup of water, but mine is already at, at half. So when I give you my half of my half, I'm going to be worried about scarcity. I'm going to be limited. 
I'm going to be stressed out, anxious. I'm not going to want to give you as much because I will stay without that much. Does that make sense? Yes. But now on in turn, if my cup is full and not only full, because where I coach from is overflowing. If my cup is overflowing, then guess what? I can give to you from my overflow and I'm giving you from abundance from expansion, from growth. So I'm actually giving and, and it's regenerating itself. And then me giving you from my overflow is actually giving me more. And it just, it, it builds on itself. So in reality, when your cup is full and overflowing, you can give more to those around you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I see sometimes, you know, people like they want to give and I, I, their definition, they want to love other people. And sometimes when I tap on the shoulder and say, like, that's great. You, you you're not ready yet. <laughs> you're, you're not full enough. You know, like you will be, it'll happen. Like it'll happen. Don't worry about it. You'll get there. But, but not yet. You know, you, you have to like work, work on yourself. Because um, as a society, we put so much emphasis on giving, on gi- giving is the way to go. Giving, giving, giving is the main thing that we're taught. And we have no emphasis and no, no focus on receiving. Yeah. And receiving is just as important. Receiving is the polarity of giving. It's the opposite. None of them exist without the other. So you have to have receiving in order to be able to give. Yeah. You know, I, I want to go back to what you said about doing the, the inner child work because, you know, I'm sure you'll be able to connect it. But, you know, that that giving, our emphasis on giving to others who are giving to self, you know, it's, it's actually, you know, a, a trauma response and like you know we can jump into that but you know we've we've across the board normalized trauma responses like in all parts of society to the point where we we don't even recognize that that's that's what's going on and you know just for clarification the audience because when you said zero to seven you know i know you're not talking about you're working with zero to seven year olds you're working with adults but you're taking them back to their child self from the ages of zero to seven and zero And it's not one to seven because it's like, well, zero, there's, there's conception, there's time in the womb and there's stuff going on there. That's like part of that time frame. And um, I imagine you went to seven, maybe not necessarily because of this, but, you know, I've connected to something that Dr. Bruce Lipton said, you know, biology of belief. He's very much into, uh, I think it's epi- epigenetics. Epigenetics. Yes. Yeah. Which is like gene expression. So he's, he's really says, and I'm sure others others said it, but from zero to seven, your brain is in a very special state. It's in a theta brainwave state. And so basically you're on full receive, full absorption. And um, that's why, you know, children are so adept at say learning languages, picking up sports, uh, you know, mimicking and modeling others. Um, and it's because like, you know, the brain is doing what it's supposed to do. It's just laying the tracks. It's actually, it's building its own operating system based on the environment that it's in. And that's really the, the key. And so everything is about like self-protection, self-preservation, keeping oneself safe. And so that's like the underlying core that's going in with this with this operating system that's getting loaded. But, you know, one thing I've noticed that, that although children are adepts at learning, and you can even say, you know, possibly maybe you might want to comment on this is that, you know, children are even in an enlightened state you know, when they come in, because they're filled with curiosity, uh, filled with possibility, but there's a critical thing that they lack, I've noticed. There's, there's no filter that they have, and there's, there's no wisdom, and there's no, there's no experience. And so, like, that, that absorption of the environment during those ages of zero to seven in that data brainwave state, it's absorption of 
everything. So that operating system that's being built, there's a lot of good stuff that get, gets built and there's a lot of garbage that gets built in. And that operating system becomes, yay, our subconscious. And that's 95% of, of how we're living in the world. So, um, you know, with, with all of that, so please tell the audience, like, you know, what is an inner child? Does everyone have one? Do we all need to go back and deal with our inner child? What about, you know, those of us who grew up with perfect parents, perfect environment, you know, that our inner child is whole and complete. Like, uh, uh, please tell us how you work there. Absolutely. And those are great, um, you know, great concepts that you just covered and, and very true. Um, and it also goes up to age 12, um, not only up to age seven, but it can go up to age 12. Uh, all other studies and, and other work has proven that you can also become, get imprinted, for lack of a better term, <laughs> until the age of 12. Um, imprinted means, you know, there's a belief that you created at that time um, based on what was happening around you and you carry that belief. It stays imprinted on you because you are an open sponge. You are completely pure and open. You're not, you don't have those filters that we get as adults that we start building as we grow older. So there's no filter. So everything just becomes imprinted. And because you're trying to survive, if the, the caregivers around you are the ones giving you that information, you take it as true because they are your caregivers. They are your means of survival. So if they say you are not worthy, then you believe I am not worthy or for whatever, anything that may, may occur, it could be different for anyone. And so trauma looks different for every person. A lot of people think, oh, I didn't experience trauma because I had a great childhood and I had great parents. And, you know, but I explain it as something as simple as this. If your mom was always someone or dad, was always someone that spoke very softly and very calmly and slowly and spoke very clearly and, and slowly and calmly to you. And one day they raised their voice at you, just one day. That could be a trauma for you. Mm -hmm. That could be something that you carry into adulthood, something yeah. as simple as that. And so trauma is different for every single person and we don't compare our traumas. We don't say, oh no, my trauma is better, bigger than yours or worse than yours or anything like that because there's no way of, of comparing. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so with my clients, I just go back and, and, and work with them because I'm, my, my technique is about empowering the, the, the person, empowering the human being to be able to see um, you know, what makes their life up, what, what they're believing about their lives. And to rewrite their story, you know, just because we have one way that our story was developed doesn't mean that that's the way the story has to end. doesn't mean that that's how the story has to continue. We can rewrite. We are the authors of our realities. We can rewrite our story and we can, we can address those limiting beliefs that we once had and empower ourselves to move forward. And so when you ask, does everyone have an inner child? I believe, yes, we do. I believe that we're like oak trees. So if you took an oak tree and you looked at the core, like you cut it in half and you looked at the actual trunk of the oak tree, you see that all the lines, you can tell how old the oak tree is. Mm -hmm. So that's how a human being is. So we, we have every single age inside of us from zero up to the age we are now. And I would even <laughs> go as far as to say that we have our future ages as well, but you know, there's still studies going on about that. But for, for, for this conversation, we'll say that every single year we've ever lived is still inside of us. And, and so, yeah, that's what I focus on in my work. Okay. That's, um, that I think is really clear for, for audience. Hi there, this is Dominic and I'm interrupting my own podcast to bring your attention to my four week one-on-one -on -one coaching program. 
This program is for women who need dating results that are different and better than the ones they're getting. Let me help you with all my tools of self-development, spirituality, and hundreds of client engagements to transform you into a woman that dates with confidence and joy and easily attracts the partner that is perfect for you. Dating can be fun and you can be successful at it every time. Let me show you how. To learn more, go to my Instagram at innerpeaceadvisor and click the link in my bio or just DM me. I also want to see about its applicability. So, you know, you, you've had this inner child. You mentioned earlier that, you know, you were kind of like your own worst enemy, like, you know, low self-esteem, low self-worth. Um, I always like to connect for my audience, you know, how people got to where they got, you know, particularly like, you know, the people I'm interviewing. So, you know, right now, you're a mindset coach specializing on self-love, you know, masculine, feminine energies. Most people are not. <laughs> and there's probably a, a point in life where you weren't. So, yeah. um, so you, you're, you're going around with, um, you know, say the low self-worth and low self-esteem. T- tell me like, what was the switching point? Like, you know, did you just say, okay, it's time to change or did, you know, was it, you know, some relationship, was it some, like a, your angel appeared in like physical form and like talked to you one night and you said, okay, I'm going to change my life. So like, what, what were you doing? Cause you know, a lot of times people are like, we'll call it very 3d, very corporate or traditional. And so like, what was the, what were you doing? What was a wake up call and like, what got you on the path to get you to where you are right now? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Thank you for that. Uh, well, Dominic, my wound started when I was four years old, uh, my parents separated and the separation was really traumatic for me. They, I woke up in the morning and they were in a huge fight and they were struggling with each other and things happened. The people got hurt. There was blood. You know, it was a very traumatic experience for me at four years old. And not only was that traumatic for me, but then also what I made it mean about me and about my relationships around me. So when my dad left, I thought he was leaving because he didn't love me anymore, which was not the case. I believed also that all men were untrustworthy. I also believed that men were irresponsible. And then I believed that women had to fend for themselves in order to survive and and that they didn't have to count on men or, or anyone around them, that women were on their own. So I made all these beliefs up at four years old. Wow, you know, with, with the wisdom of a four-year-old, you made with the wisdom of a four-year-old. Yeah, yeah. cuz that's what I saw. I was like, and and the most the biggest belief that I made was I'm not worthy for someone to stick around for me. I'm not worthy enough for someone to stick around for me. And I carried that with me through my life and so I carried that into my careers. I'm not worthy. So I had like 10 different careers. I could tell you I've worked in every industry you can imagine. <laughs> I've had all kinds of careers. Um, I, um, I've had, I've had several relationships that, you know, ended up, I I was looking for my father figure in those relationships. I was looking for that, that connection that I lacked from a father. And so, you know, at a certain point in my life and, and I was trying, trying to be the best that I could be. I was trying to be happy, but I always carried that wound, that, that, that inner darkness that I didn't know was even there. And so I would numb. I did a lot of numbing. I would numb with alcohol, with drugs. When I was in high school, I did a lot of drugs. Then as an adult, I, I did a lot of, I drank a lot of alcohol. 
Um, I would numb by becoming a very social person, um, being out and about, being with other people, you know, doing activities, doing things that really maybe weren't even aligned with me, but that I felt that I had to pretend that everything was okay. I had to pretend that nothing was wrong and, and be doing these things that I wasn't aligned with. So really just, you know, I, I, I call it like blowing in the wind. I was just blowing in the wind and, and I was hurting inside. And so I would go through bouts of depression where I would like, I, I, I was like, um, extremes, highs or lows. So my highs would be, okay, on the weekend, we're going to go out, we're going to go party, we're going to have fun, we're going to go on a trip with all my friends. And then Monday would come around and I would disappear from Monday to Friday and like turn off my phone, go into the darkness, you know, eat junk food and cry for five days because I was depressed and I was lonely. I also dealt with anxiety, um, chronic anxiety. I dealt with social anxiety. Um, even though I was a social person, one of my, my old companies was an event planning company. And I've also done, I have a background in corporate events as well. So I was always out in the limelight and people thought I was like this extrovert and everything. But in reality, I was actually an introvert. I was actually, you know, having social anxiety and I actually didn't want to be around people. Mm-hmm. So just to show like the, the juxtaposition of what you could be dealing with, you know, and then eventually um, I knew that I was unhappy. Right. But I didn't know that I had any power to change it. I thought that this was just my life, the cards that I had been dealt. So I went on with life working, dealing like that. But then what happened, Dominic, for me is that I kept on repeating the same patterns. Right. So I kept on repeating the same patterns in my jobs because my boss always represented my, a father figure. And so I had issues with that because since I never had a father figure, how can someone come now and try to be my father figure when I don't, I don't have a concept of that. So I don't need that. So it was always this like uh, antagonistic relationship with bosses. Mm-hmm. Then, and I kept on replaying that. Then I had a same, the same pattern that I was repeating with relationships, which I feel that through romantic relationships is ultimately what made me awake, which made me wake up. Like it it made me self-actualize because it compounded my pain. So because of the the romantic relationships, the pain was so deep. It it really added to the pain that I was already feeling inside. And it was so unbearable that the third or fourth time I replayed the same pattern, it woke me up. I realized, wait a minute, who what is the common denominator in all these situations? Because I had always been pointing the finger. He hurt me. He did this. He did that. He's a jerk. He's an a-hole, whatever. It was always their fault. But eventually I realized, wait a minute, what's the common denominator in all these situations? It's me. Mm. I'm the one that's in every single relationship that's toxic. That's in every single relationship that's breaking down. That's not working. So it it was like an aha moment. I was like, what am I doing with my life? Is this the life I want to live? I'm not happy. I was so miserable. I was so empty inside. I was so sad and lonely. And and all I remember saying, Dominic, is there has to be another way. There has to be. This cannot just be my life. Like, there has to be another way. And I just started searching. It is such a wake-up call when you you finally realize you can't look at your partner and and blame him or blame her for how you feel. And and you, you reach that inescapable conclusion wait, like I, I am the source of all of this pain. It's a hard pill to swallow. 
Yeah. And and I denied it for a while. It wasn't like I just woke up and jumped into, oh, self-actualization. No, I denied it for a while. <laughs> I was like, no, this can't be. Who would want to create suffering for themselves? Yeah. We're, we're creatures that are built to survive. We don't we don't believe in creating suffering for ourselves. But we if if our subconscious is running us, like you said earlier, we don't see it. We're not aware of it. Yeah. It's not until it it comes up in front of us and it hits us like a ton of bricks that we're able to see it. And that's usually how the subconscious works. And, and I also want to add to your story. I, I I don't want to interrupt because you got such a huge flow, but like I also want to like, you know, expand on, on some points. It's just like, and also the partners we attract at that level. So we're, we're not blaming them. We're fully responsible, but they, our partners are our mirrors. Um, they are at our level. <laughs> and, you know, if, if we love ourselves at, at a, at a, level two on the scale of one to 10, then we'll have partners in our lives that love themselves at a level two and only have the capability to love someone at a level two. I mean, it's just mathematically impossible. You don't, you don't love yourself at a two and then you attract a partner that loves you at a 10 and himself at a 10. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, Science, science has proven it. And I love (laughs) that you brought that into the conversation because if you want, look, it's, it's this simple. If you want to see how you're vibrating, because people are like, how do I know how I'm vibrating meal? How do I even, is there a scale for that? Can I, can I stand on a scale and see how I'm vibrating? Yeah. And I tell them, just look around you. What does your life look like? What do your relationships look like? What feedback are your external circumstances giving you? Because yeah. that will tell you what you're vibrating at. And it's exactly how you put it. And I love that example. I'm going to steal it, by the way. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll credit you for it. But You know, if you love yourself at a level two, you're going to magnetize others who love themselves at a level two or also love because you can only love at the capacity in which you can love yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's scientific. That's how vibration works. That's how energy works. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, you know, I I hope you can jump back into it. I guess I struggling with myself, you know, interrupting you. So, all right. So. You realize I'm 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 at the middle of all this. And you said you just didn't jump right into self-actualization. You know, you weren't the next day on stage with Tony Robbins talking about how you know you get through your stuff. So like yeah. like how how did you how did you get out of this hole? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, no, it's true because it doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's many years. I I, I attribute it to at least 20 years of my life in this journey, you know, um, in this struggle. And um one of the things I always give credit to Eckhart Tolle, um, his book, The Power of Now, when it first came out years ago, I read this book. And I remember when I first opened it, I was in the thick of all this stuff that was happening in my life. When I first opened it, my eyes glazed over, my head almost exploded. And I closed the book and I threw it to the side. I was like, it was too high conscious. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, was like, I wasn't even there. <laughs> I wasn't even there. But my entire self or my guiding spirits, or whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to say, spirit, God, and my higher self kept on nudging me. And so even though I put the book aside, I would be in a conversation and someone would say, oh, the power of now, have you read it? Or I would turn on the TV and the power of now would be on an interview, you know, with Eckhart Tolle, or I would, you know, it was, there were so many signs that were leading me back to this book that I couldn't ignore. And so I picked it up again, again, 
I self-combusted and closed it. Um, and then I realized, okay, what is going on? Because I'm an English literature major. I studied English literature. That's my degree. I have a bachelor's in that. I'm a writer. I love books. I'm one of those book hoarder, collector types. You know, I love books. And so I was like, what is going on with me with this book? I could devour books. I love books. And I thought to myself, I have this little quirky thing that I do with magazines. I don't know if anybody else out there does it, but no. I like to <laughs> <laughs> I like to read magazines backwards. Oh. So I like to open it from the back and just yeah. read it that way. I don't know. It's just a thing I've been doing forever. Yeah. And, and I thought, I was like, you know what? Let me try that. So I picked up the book and I opened it backwards. And the first paragraph I read hit me right in the middle of my heart. It was like talk, it was like if it had said meal, comma, and then said what it was gonna say, like it was talking to me. And when I read that paragraph, it opened up some kind of a door in my mind. I don't know, it, it did something to me and I just kept on. So what I would, so the way that I got through the book the first time was I would turn to any page and I would read whatever paragraph jumped out at me. And I started reading it paragraph by paragraph at first. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, I, I relate like a similar experience, like, because I had that book and people say you should read it and everything else. And, you know, I, I can be hard headed, I'll say, but, you know, I picked up the book and I think I would always read the first like 20 pages and then I would like toss it. And so that happened about three or four times. But I will tell you, you know, at some point, and this was probably like several years, like of, of that, um, at some point I picked the book and I read it and it was a totally different experience, but it was more approaching it from not like, Oh, wow, this is so amazing. But at that point in time, I was like, it was, it was a very bizarre, like sentiment I had. I was like, wow, he, he has stated this very well. He's, he's ma he's making really good points. Oh, like when people read this, like I can see how helpful this will be for them. Yes. And, um, it, but I caught myself doing that. I was like, like what's going on because like you you weren't even comprehending this before like this was boring you um and like now your 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 mind is acting like you're you're a peer with like Eckhart Tolle and I was like well, that's not the case but yeah it can it can take some time and I must say like in my own process I remember I had one experience when people were going around they were talking about their intentions my intention was you know what I would just I just want to understand what you people are talking about because it's like, you're all saying English, but I, I really have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, like, you know, all of you are going like, I want to connect to my guide. I want to like connect to my ancestors. Mm -hmm. You know, I, 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 I want to, um, you know, uh, have an experience with past life and stuff and like all that stuff. It wasn't like I was dismissing it, but I was like, like, why would you even want these things? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I love that you said that because when I first read Power of Now, I didn't even think that that was possible for me. Yeah. I was so in a hole of darkness and despair that I was reading that book and I was like, I didn't even connect that it could be a possible reality for me at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even believe. And also my worth, my self-worth was so low. I didn't even believe that I was worthy of having such a life. Mm. So yeah, it's very powerful. And and when you hear things, when you hear me talk about, you know, your guides and your spirit connection and things like that, I, I didn't know about those things. I did know that I had some kind of a guidance because my great grandmother had passed away and I always felt her with me. I always felt her almost like protecting me, guiding me. Um, I'm Cuban and, you know, we have just from cult culturally growing up in my family, there's always been like spiritual connections, spiritual conversations, things like that. 
So I was a little bit open to that in that, in that regard. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, this talk about transcending and, you know, opening the third eye and aligning your chakras then you know, (laughs) all this stuff, it was so foreign to me. I didn't even know, you know, it it was just something that was out there and I was over here. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely identify with that. You know, I'll, I'll add, you know, I've heard because I'll tell you, I haven't really had an experience of like, you know, guys and ancestors, but you know, not like, searching for it or waiting for it to, to pop up. I, you know, I, I firmly have understood, you know, we, we each go through our process the, the way we do. So it's kind of like, no, we can't compare traumas and no, we can't compare like, you know, this transpersonal process in terms of how we move forward. But I've, I've come to understand in certain traditions, you know, let's say, um, you know, African traditions, I'm sure it's not the only one and maybe it's just universal, but like all of us do have guides and it's kind of like we have guides on the left and right side of us. Um, and um, they, they're always there, whether we're- in, Whether we're aware of it or not. Yeah, yeah, so that, that's going on. Um, so, uh, and, and like I said, I, I haven't, I haven't like felt like I've had this direct communication, but I feel like I, I'll just say to them every now and then, so it's like, you know, good job, thanks appreciate you looking out, glad you're there, that type of stuff. And like, I, I never hear anything back. <laughs> um, but, you know, I do look for this thing that we call it synchronicities, where it's kind of like things just like, you know, being thrown into my path, kind of how you kept hearing people talk about power of now, power of now. It's like, uh, so, you know, for me, I'll attribute it to that. You know, it, yeah. it, it works. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, you, 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 you got the power of now under your belt, resonated with you, um, you know, maybe in the interest of just time, because, you know, of course I'd love to hear it, but like, let's say like three minutes, you know, you go jump from there to, to now you're talking people and working with them on their inner child and talking about masculine and feminine concepts. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you, you mentioned that. So after that, the next step for me, which was another, because I call that um, a, a quantum leap, you know, that was a quantum mm-hmm. leap for me that got me out of, it was like, you, we're always faced with two decisions, right? We're always faced with a fork and we make either one choice or the other. So I made that choice to, yeah. to go down that path. It, it left me up into another dimension, if you will. And then the next quantum leap I had was when I, I moved into a, a house, an apartment that the owner's wife was a Buddhist and she was Cuban. And that's the reason I moved there because I was like so intrigued by Buddhism. I had never, it was so foreign to me, this Eastern, you know, philosophy yeah. I had never really known about, but I was so curious and interested in it. And because he told me that is why I chose to rent to lease that apartment and I met her and she introduced me to Buddhism and then I started practicing Buddhism and one of the biggest teachings in Buddhism that I learned was that you are 100% responsible and it even took me like two years to even understand and comprehend the concept of I'm 100% responsible for everything because I had been a victim my entire life yeah. I had been a victim of everything. I actually, victim was my, my, my safety. Victim was my comfort. You know, victim was my safety yeah. blanket. So I was like, how could that even be possible that I'm responsible for everything? And, and, especially, so when, and especially when sometimes our, our jerks are, they, they steal from you or they hit you or something. It's like, wait, I, I'm not responsible for another person acting like an ass and stuff. Exactly. But, but yeah, you're like, no, actually you are. You are responsible exactly. for it. We create everything. We, we create everything in our reality um, and we have the power 
to create it, to recreate it, everything is in our hand. That really propelled me as well into the journey of becoming a coach. And eventually I went really deep into self-actualization work. If you ask my friends, they would be like, oh, Mia's the one that's always studying. She's always in a class. She's always in a program. She's always doing something. And I wore that badge with honor because I was like, yeah, and guess what? I am not going to continue my life, living my life in misery. Like I would rather be happy. So that's what I'm going to do. You know, whatever it takes. I decided that whatever it took for me to transform my life, I would do. And I found, I looked for mentors. I did programs. I did, I went to psychologists. I went to therapists. I did deep self-actualization work. I mean, I did everything you could imagine. And it eventually led me to, um, to really make really huge changes in my life that then opened me up to the possibility of even becoming a trainer. And I stepped into getting my, my, my certification as a trainer um, because of mentors that believed in me and that saw the changes that I had made in my life at that point. And I stepped into it and, and it's the best thing I ever did because it basically, it opened me up to my calling and to what I wanted to do. And I realized I turned around and looked at my life and said, you know what, in my work, what I want to do is help others not have to suffer through 20 years of this misery that I was in. I want to give them some kind of a roadmap, some kind of a manual, something, anything, tools, all the tools, all the modalities, everything that I used, give it to them and help them like kind of have a fast, you know, fast forward, a cliff notes, like, you know, so that people can really live their life fully expressed like I am doing so now. Um, I wish I would have had someone like me 20 years ago. You know, things would have been different, but it's all perfect because it made me who I am today. Yeah. You know, as you were talking, you know, a few things came to mind. And one of them is, oh, you, you filled your cup. <laughs> you got it to the place of overflowing. So then like, you know, giving to others, is like super easy. And exactly. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're all on this, this same journey, whether we act actually realize it or not, you know, so, you know, I- let me ask you this, Dominic, do you think that we were designed as divinely as we're designed? Think of your body, think of your human body, think of mm-hmm. your brain, how it functions. Your heart is beating right now without any effort. Your lungs are pumping air. If you were to break your arm right now, you could put up a cast and it heals in two weeks. You know, we are constantly, you know, growing. Our bodies are, are divine, are, are, are beautiful. Do you think that you as a human being were designed and brought to this planet to work nine to five every day, pay your rent and die? End of story. You know, Mio, if, if my guests turn the tables and start asking me questions, like you know, the whole the whole framework of the podcast, like you know, goes off the cliff, and, and then and then we talk for three hours because I can't shut up. Um, so um, I'll try to be brief. Uh, I don't I don't think that's the case, you know, exactly. of, of, of the nine to five. And I would even add to it, and and I don't say these things to. Uh, to judge. And I don't say these things to like, you know, just tear apart what's already there. Um, you know, my invitation is for people really to look at things, always look at things more in the role of, of an observer. So like if we were anthropologists, you know, we don't go back to some ancient civilization and says, ah, a bunch of idiots. They didn't know how to make fire and stuff. Right. Stupid. So, I mean, so if we look at ourselves, put ourselves in the, the observer role, the detective role, the anthropologist role, and from that perspective, I look at the way we've self-organized on this planet as um, very unfortunate. Um, and, you know, I, I think 
uh, you know, there's this concept of heaven. And I think we're actually already sitting in it, but we seem to have done our darndest to, to make it something else. And so um, you mentioned, I don't know if you mentioned it, I'm gonna throw it in anyway. So I'll pretend you mentioned it or, or just assume that like consciousness. And so there's like levels of consciousness and uh, problems only exist at lower levels of consciousness. And so, you know, as you work on yourself, as you fill your cup, you get to a certain level of consciousness, like where problems, it, it, you can't, you don't even have the ability to perceive something as a problem. You just see it as this, in, uh, this everlasting just is. That, as an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I think, you know, just to, 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 to close this, because I could, could go on, I think we're, we're here really to have um a divinely messy experience and by messy i mean um you know if 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 we were meant to just be uh you know high conscious or like on the david hawkins scales at, at a thousand or, or, or more at all times then there'd be no point in coming here right. you know we, we we wouldn't be here and I, I of course there are people who have come here and i'm going to introduce lifetimes or few lifetimes and like, you know, they don't have to do this anymore and stuff. And so, you know, we're, if we're here in a body, like we're here for a specific purpose and that's growth and evolution, like period. And so like, you know, that, so when, when I say be selfish, <laughs> when I say, I'm not saying like be narcissistic, when I say we're here for growth and evolution, you know, I'm not saying we're, we're here to be in relationships. We're here to get married. We're here to get children. We're, we're here for careers. We're here for nine to fives. No, we're just here for growth and evolution. And that can look like any number of different things. There's like no, no set path for it. Um, and I also think um, we, we can spend a lot of time getting to what I call just kind of like the basic human level. And at that, I mean, it's just like you've, you filled your cup up enough where you, you're actually able to see things as they are, you know, a kind of a objective reality. And I think from that level, there's a potential to be uh, what I call superhuman. So you mentioned like, you know, you break your arm and like in a few weeks it's healed. Well, I mean, you could break your arm and, you know, either through your capability or working with people who are similarly capable, heal that in the same day or the next day. Um, and, you know, there's this whole thing about, you know, you're in what I call like the healing arts and like many people are in this healing arts stuff. And so I think it's a, it's a very admirable place to go, but I think it's even really not about that. I mean, I think, you know, on the healing side, it's nice to do this for other people. And you can definitely learn a lot about yourself and do more self-development, but I think, and I know there's people like they don't even pause at that point of like sharing their gifts with other people. They're like, no, I, I just want to see what's next, what's next, what's next. And there's this thing called uh, cities. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like that superhuman level and you're not working specifically to get them. But if you, let's say you do sit in meditation religiously <laughs> or habitually, you know, two hours a day. And you do that for years, you know, um, let's say you, you have cleaned up your existence where like, you know, you're really only having pure thoughts for other people or you're sending love out into the world for like, you know, like 30 minutes or day or stuff, like things will start to show up. <laughs> 
cities was our job. And so when I say cities, like those things will other, to other people, they'll seem like superpowers, but to you, there's things that are, are, that just accrue. It's kind of like, you know, if you go to the gym for, for 10 years and you work out, you know, four to five days a week, you're going to look dramatically different than say someone that doesn't. And, but it, it took that amount of time. So that's, 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 that's my short answer on if we're here for like nine to five. So. Yeah, exactly. No. And the reason I asked that is for the viewers, for the audience to, to know, like, you know, my, my opinion on that is that no, we're not, we, we didn't come here to, and be these incredible beings that we are to just work a nine to five and pay our rent and die. You know, um, we came here to, to live, to be fully expressed, to be fully expressed individuals, to, you know, to experience a sunset, to taste a mango, to understand love, to understand life, to, to experience and navigate through life, you know, and you're absolutely right. You know, we, everything that, that we are experiencing in this lifetime, whether good or bad is, is for our own teaching. It's for our own learning. And in order for us to see the light, we need to know what the darkness is. In order for us to experience love, we need to, we need to know what fear is. It's the law of polarity. It's a universal law. You know, there, there are several universal laws that many people are not even aware of, you know, um, you know, similar to the law of gravity. If you throw something up, it must come down. You know, the law of polarity is as such that, you know, if you have feminine energy, you must have masculine energy. They work together, you know. Um, and so in order to experience our light, we need to be able to experience our darkness. And it's one of the biggest themes that I had in my retreat that I had this weekend with women. Um, I took 12 women into the Sedona desert and we did just that. We dove, we dove deep into the darkness, deep into the feminine energy to then come out fully expressed through, through the light, through the masculine energy, um, and be able to create that integration. I think in our journey, it's a lot about integration, creating, creating alignment and integration within ourselves yeah. in this lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> you know, there's a certain amount of like deliciousness and invitation, you know, uh, I have with people and I'm not, Sometimes I, I don't even feel I can share with people, but it's kind of like I said, you know, you, you want to get to your lightness, get in touch with your darkness. And, you know, I think it kind of all puts on people, but, you know, I, I would share with people don't, don't ever for a second think you're not capable of like the deepest darkness that has ever been witnessed or talked about on this planet because you are. And if you think you're not, you're fooling yourself. But if you can realize that, you can also um, understand the lightness that is in with you and you can very consciously choose the path that you want to be on. Um, so, I mean, such an important point when you say that, you know, integrating the two. I mean, to me, like a life is all about integrating, integrate. You, you learn lessons, you integrate because you have to embody it. You just, <laughs> you just can't get knowledge and, and information. You know, you have to embody it so you get that wisdom so that you're, you're moment to moment actions or like conscious choices. So um, let's see, I got in my head kind of two other things to touch on, but so uh, it's mentioned a few times like masculine, feminine energy, you mentioned polarity, um, you know, like let me approach it awkwardly, you know? So yeah, Mio, we know what you're talking about. Like, you know, I'm a guy, I'm, I'm masculine, done. So, you know, and you know, women, they're feminine. So that's what you mean when you talk masculine and feminine energy. Like we, we don't need to know anything else about it, right? 
Absolutely incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, that I love how you pose that because that tends to be the misconception out there. And there are a lot of people that are talking about feminine and masculine energies out there. But what they're really talking about, Dominic, is femininity and masculinity. And that's what you just pointed at. Femininity is a woman and masculinity is a man. What I'm talking about is feminine and masculine energies that permeate everything in the universe that each each human being carries equally inside, that everything carries. Plants have feminine and masculine energy. Our organs operate with feminine and masculine energy. Those, the universe, planets, everything, the, the everything you see around you has a feminine and masculine energy component. Um, a socket is feminine energy. A plug is masculine energy. Um, when I close my eyes, that's feminine energy. When I open my eyes, that's masculine energy. When my heart pumps, when it constricts, it's feminine energy. When it pumps out, it's masculine energy. It's the, you know, masculine energy is movement and, and forward movement. It's an aggressive type of energy. Mm-hmm. And feminine energy is a, a, a inward, reflective, receiving type of energy. It's a container. So feminine energy is a container. Masculine energy is the content that goes into the container. And everything in the universe permeates with that. And so it's really taking it away from the roles of femininity and masculinity that we're so programmed with in society. And those are good to learn about too. And and I I talk about that in a little bit, but what I focus on is really the, the pure essence of what feminine and masculine energy are outside of gender, outside of femininity and masculinity roles. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I, I, I love how you kind of delineate it, it there. So I want to get a little bit more into, into your work. So, you know, ideally, you know, people listen to this and they say, well, let me reach out to Mio. You know, she's got it all figured out. But I, in order for them to do that, you know, I want them to be able to, to see themselves in it and like really connect with it. So, you know, maybe we can do something like case study format. You know, you walk through something that you have with a client, you know, of course, with anonymity, but, you know, what, what presented, you know, why did the person reach out? Um, and kind of, there's always the what's presented and then like what actually turned out to be the real issue <laughs> and what was the outcome that this person achieved? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just to touch on something you said earlier before I answer that question about the darkness, you know, oftentimes or all the time, really, human beings, we're, we're afraid of the darkness. You know, our first mm-hmm. response, our first reaction to anything that is in the darkness is to flee from it, it's to avoid it. Um, you know, it's in our evolution. It's how we're biologically structured, you know. So it's understandable to be afraid of your own darkness, to be to not want to go there, you know. And that's why sometimes guidance is so important, you know, safe, you know, trusted guidance to take you there and to walk you through there. Um, you know, we all have, we all get to walk through the, sh- the valley of the shadow of death, you know, and death be- meaning maybe the death of our ego, the death of our past, the death of things that no longer serve us, you know, and so, you know, finding a guide, or a teacher, or a coach that can hold your hand through that process, because they went through it themselves is super important. And so with my clients, for example, um, there will be women, I work with men as well, but lately, for some reason, primarily, I've been working with women. Um, uh, they'll come to me, you know, uh, self-sabotaging, self-sabotaging my career, self-sabotaging my life, my relationships. Um, they are uh, unhappy about, um, for example, I have a client who came to me, she was unhappy about her relationship with her boyfriend at the time. They had broken up 
And she was like, okay, I have to figure out what's going on with me. You know, I'm not happy. And she started my self-love program. I have an eight week program for women uh, called Resilience and it focuses only on self-love. So she, so she came to that program and she ended up toward by the end of the program, she ended up shifting her whole reality, her whole context and ended up healing the relationship with her significant other ended up becoming engaged. Oh, and then as after the one, after the self-love program, she became my one-on-one coaching client. And through that process, she, she became engaged and she then invited me to the wedding so, and she attributed it to her being able to shift her inner dialogue, to heal her inner child, to, to realize the things that were, that she was seeing were things that she was actually projecting out yeah. from her, from inside. And so she was creating that type of relationship. That type of relationship didn't exist only in her mind. Yeah. Yeah. So when she was able to heal that within her, she was able to heal the relationship and her relationship with, with her man completely uh, revolutionized, completely changed. And now she's happy. She's, she's, she's experiencing freedom, love, joy. And she actually just attended my, my, my rebirth retreat, um, last week, the one in Sedona. And, you know, and this is, I want to add this too, for people that are listening, she came to work on something different. She, you know, something else that opened up for her in her life that she wanted to work on her relationship with her mother. And so just to show you that this is not a linear journey. You know, we're so used to, we're linear beings. We want to see beginning and end. And we, we, you know, we created time as linear, you know, but it, this is, it's not linear. It's a circle, you know, it's a circle and we go around and around and around and there's different things that we get to heal and, and different things that open up for us. So she's actually one of my clients that have done the entire divine journey and that continue to do her journey. Cause that's the name of my company, divine journey and, and doing it in a, in a way where now it becomes exciting to to wake up every morning she's a massage therapist she owns her own company massage therapy and she's been able to restructure her whole offering like she used to be a slave to her work she was almost like about to give up doing it because it just was too much for her to bear now she has healthy boundaries in place she struck she has structured her business to where it works for her not not towards her you know not against her um and so she has been able to revolutionize her whole life and so now when you wake up in the morning you wake up with excitement you wake up with you know wow you know I get to create my reality I get to expand I get to grow and yes there are going to be things that are thrown your way and there's going to be things that come up for you to see maybe an area where you still get to grow but it becomes joyful it becomes fun at that moment it's no longer miserable and 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 draining and oh I have to do more work on myself it doesn't it's no longer that it's actually fun and exciting yeah yeah that is a beautiful case study and I'm sure you have many examples like that I uh I love, I love when I get the wedding invitation. That is, that is very rewarding. You're like, well, that's unexpected, but yes. thank you. You know, yes. sometimes it's like, I want you to be in the wedding. I'm like, oh. Having on that one yet. We'll see. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I actually want to, I want to officiate weddings one day. I want to, uh, want to be able to do that. So we'll see. I, I, I want to expand on uh, what you, you said, you know, just highlight for people, um, People will come to you for one thing and like, you know, it's kind of like, okay, that will get resolved, but then they'll understand that they have the power to change everything in their life. And, you know, I, 
I, I want you know our listeners to know that most of the time, particularly when they're growing up, they're not existing or witnessing what I would call like the natural state of man or the natural state of woman. And the natural state is not being filled with anxiety, depression, guilt, shame, or hopelessness. Exactly. Yeah, that's those are very unnatural states. You know, the natural state is actually being filled with joy, bliss, gratitude, curiosity, love. Um, love. Yeah. And, you know, I really say as an invitation of people because I know some people hearing that feel very challenged. It might even get triggered right now and start, you know, cursing <laughs> at, at the words I'm saying. But I would really say it's an invitation. You know, think of it as a possibility. You don't even have to like say that, okay, well, that's not for me. Just say like, well, what if it could be for you? What if like at the core of your being, you just had moment to moment thoughts of love for yourself and for other people? Um, yeah, I, pe- people usually come to me wanting, give me, me, give me the blue or red pill. Which one do I take? You know, give me the, the quick fix. Mm-hmm. And, and like the matrix, you know, give me the, the blue red pill. And, you know, I tend to, what, what I respond to that is, you know, there is no pill that you can take. There is no medicine that you can get outside of yourself. You are the medicine. The medicine is within you. And so what I support people in doing is finding that medicine within themselves, being able to access it within themselves and bring it forth. Educate, the, the root word of educate is actually educare. And educare means and meant to bring forth, to bring out of, not to stuff someone with information and, and give them the, you know, all the things and, and expect them to then regurgitate, you know, similar to what our Western educational system is like, you know, it actually meant to bring forth, to bring out of, because we have the wisdom and, and the information and the medicine within ourselves, each and every one of us do, whether we believe it or not. Well said, well said. Well, I, I think we, we covered it. Um, at least in, in this this episode. Um, so most importantly, Mio, you're out there doing great things in the world. Um, there are a number of people who've listened to this and like their next thought is it's like, I want to work with Mio Santana. How do they get in touch with you? Absolutely. Well, yes. Um, on Instagram, I'm at Mio underscore Santana. That's M like Mary, I O like Oscar underscore Santana, like Carlos Santana, but he's not my uncle. <laughs> and then um, you can visit my website at MioSantana.com. And you can find all the information there. Reach out to me, drop me a DM, uh, whatever works for you, and we'll get started. Perfect. Love it. All right, Mio. Thank you so much for your time today. Dominic, I just want to say what you're doing is so incredible. I'm so grateful to have been brought on your platform and I hope that it continues to grow and I'm looking forward to what else you create. And thank you for seeing me as a colleague and a friend. And I love you and honor you. Thank you for having me here. Wow. Thank you, Mio. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Healerology. This podcast exists to make your life better. Before you go, I want to bring your attention to my four-week one-on-one coaching program. This program is for women who need dating results that are different and better than the ones they're getting. Let me help you with all of my tools of self-development, spirituality, and hundreds of client engagements to transform you into a woman that dates with confidence and joy and easily attracts the partner that is perfect for you. Dating can be fun and you can be successful at it every time. To learn more, Go to my Instagram at innerpeaceadvisor and click the link in my bio or just DM me.
Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Healerology Podcast. I greatly appreciate your time and presence. Please make sure you're subscribed to this show. Until next time, stay healthy and go within.